You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, your host, and with me today is Commander Richard Jaddick, DO. Dr. Jaddick is the author of On Call in Hell. He's also been decorated with the Bronze Star and a citation for combat valor. He is the only naval physician to be so decorated. Today we discuss medical care under fire. Dr. Jaddick, thank you very much for joining us. Could you tell us a little bit about your experiences in Fallujah? Sure. My basic experience with the battalion, although we talk about Fallujah all the time, was you know I spent six months prior to that in Haditha at the dam in Haditha just doing combat patrols. And at that point, just a very sleepy little town without much going on. From there, got called down to go into Fallujah. Uh, I was a part of 1st Battalion, 8th Marines, who was in the middle of Fallujah in the assault on Fallujah in November of 2004. It was an honor to be with this battalion because they were a great bunch of Marines and sailors who took their job very seriously and did it with a great deal of professionalism. What kind of concept did you bring to this particular firefight that was a little different than what had been done in the past? I don't think the concept was new. It was just actually putting it into motion, bringing, kind of establishing these teams, forward aid stations that had a provider or somebody who was extremely experienced, and then corpsmen to support that, to go forward and be actually, my philosophy was you had to be within five minutes of any injury on the battlefield and have the capability to treat those injuries. And and that meant bringing some experience forward, and it meant being somewhere near the action. Were you the only physician at this advanced treatment area? I was initially. As far as I know, I was the only physician to go inside Fallujah proper itself into the city as the forces moved forward with the front line of the battle. I know that they set up at the assembly area or somewhat behind the attack positions, but my boss and I had talked it out. I had given him my thoughts on what I could do for him so he could prosecute the battle. I said, if I can come forward, your casualties will be mine and you just pursue the mission. And he was very accommodating. He thought that that it was a good idea, and so that's what we did. I know Colonel Wynn has said that you probably saved at least 30 Marines. And I know you've been very quick to say it was your staff and corpsmen. Could you tell me a little bit about your corpsmen in particular and what they represent? Colonel Wynn, Mark Wynn, was the executive officer of the battalion, and Colonel Brandle was my boss. And Colonel Brandle, I had a good relationship with both of them, so both of them were very supportive of any any kind of medical methodology I would come up with. The corpsmen themselves are sailors who choose to be with the Marines, to go out with the Marines, and they're hard-charged and their hearts are are huge, and, and they do everything the Marines do, and then on top of it, they take care of the Marines. On Whether it's day-to-day, you know, I've got lumps, bumps, and bruises, or when the Marines get shot, they take care of them as well. My corpsmen were young, most of them just out of core school or out of a hospital, and they had never seen anything like this before, and each one of them just rogered up and did what they had to do. I believe they're the most highly decorated designation in the military. That's right, they are. Not just recent, but throughout history, corpsmen have always outperformed themselves. They take this concern for the Marines that they're in charge of, that they're responsible for. They take that very seriously, and and they leave everything on the battlefield for those Marines. Our motto is through the gates of hell for a wounded Marine, and, and they take that as their motto, their life bond. Corpsmen up is something you often hear. What does that represent? Well, corpsmen up, anytime that's heard, Corpsman up means we've got a wounded Marine. We've got a Marine that's down that needs medical attention. And immediately, 
any corpsman that's that's in the area, any corpsman that's in the rear, any corpsman that's around will respond to that. doesn't matter who you are or what you're doing. You drop and you go. I think that when the flag went up on Iwo Jima, one of the four people indeed was a corpsman, John Bradley, and many people forget that. That's correct. Yeah, out of the, actually there was uh, six who were involved in the raising of that flag. One of them was a Navy corpsman. Have you kept in touch with any of the people that were your patients during this time? I have been in touch with, not so much anymore, but one of them I've been in touch with quite frequently is Jacob Knospler, and it's K-N-O-S-P-L-E-R, and and that's how they say it. Whenever I say it, people say, are you sure that's how you're supposed to say it? But it is. He was one of the Marines who I'm in touch with because he lost a good portion of his face in a booby trap in Fallujah and had come to me missing a mandible and is still working on getting reconstructed. So I talk to him frequently, as a matter of fact, uh, almost weekly about his progress, and he just kind of bounces things off me. Sometimes as as these Marines get outside of their chain of command and they're they're wounded, they, they lose advocacy. There's there's not always a chain of command, and, and they're getting shopped around to a lot of different doctors, and they sometimes feel as though they don't know exactly what the plan is and what's going to happen next. So for him, he his father got in touch with me, and We've been talking ever since. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard, and our guest today is Commander Richard Jaddick, D.O. You mentioned when you began to talk about this person, many of the Marines and other services come back with a lot of wounds, both physical and emotional. Have you had much contact with post-traumatic stress disorder in the people that you treated there or since? The people that I treated in Iraq did not display, I did not see a lot of traumatic stress. When the mission is very focused and and there's a job to be done, people don't tend to let those types of things don't really manifest themselves. It was when we got back here that I've noticed or I've seen and heard from a lot of my corpsmen, because I still keep in touch with almost all my corpsmen, or a good portion of them, they all have some diagnosis of PTSD, and the Marines do as well. You don't take somebody that young and do those types of things with them without having some sort of post-traumatic stress. I delineate the difference between post-traumatic stress disorder and just post-traumatic stress is something where the, where the stress has actually affected your ability to get along in life. And, and some of these guys have really, it, it has affected. Do you think writing the book has helped you deal with your own personal stress? Yeah, I tell people I have probably post-traumatic stress, but I don't have post-traumatic stress disorder. I am I'm a functional, day-to-day happy guy who thinks of these things and is saddened by the fact that I had to go through them. But at the same time, I cope with them. And I don't know if I had written the book, if I would be coping as well or not. I know that coming to Augusta, Georgia and being a part of the MCG, the Medical College of Georgia, and just having the opportunity to get back into an environment where there's a lot of there's stress in a residency and, and getting involved in that was a big part of me not looking back and going forward. And, and I think I think some of these guys who come back don't have that. They, they come back to something that's a slower pace, gives them a lot of opportunity to think about things, and, and, and I didn't have that opportunity. I had forgotten almost completely or tried to about Fallujah until about a year later when the Bronze Star came, and since then it's been, I've talked about it a lot in the book a lot, it is helpful. It's cathartic. When you received the Bronze Star, you, along with that, your picture and an article appeared in Newsweek. You were on the cover of Newsweek. Were you surprised by the response to that particular article? I was. I've gotten a huge number of letters. People say, how'd they get your email? Or your, I get phone calls and letters to my house. And, you know, I'm not a hidden guy. I don't have, I'm not unlisted. So 
I was getting emails and, and letters saying that I should write a book, I should tell these stories that, that I talked about in the article, and I thought the article didn't do the corpsmen as much justice as they deserved. So all that response was nice that they said all these nice things, but at the same time I was starting to feel, I don't think they know the whole story, that it wasn't, it's not just one guy, and Newsweek or any magazine wants to sell that magazine, they tend to take a story, and although true, it was too much about me and not enough about the people that were with me. So as time went on and the opportunity to write this book came about, I I thought maybe I could kind of correct that. Did you have any other reasons for writing the book? As the legacy of your life goes on, gosh, having the ability to write a book is something you can give to your kids and, and just say, hey, I did it. So, yeah, some of that, and I think some of that was a little bit of ego, just having the opportunity to write one. But mostly, I wanted to write about these stories and let these people know about what a great generation's out there that sometimes we as Americans forget about because we're so far removed from what's going on over there and we look at you know kids and and that generation and say that well they they play too many video games they're not smart enough they're not doing the right things and we forget that there is a great generation and and a lot of them are wearing a uniform and are in Iraq right now one of the things i felt when i read your book is the tremendous pride i had in our military which seems to be lost in the media the media is so absorbed in political discussion about where we're going in iraq that we lose sight of the tremendous dedication and fine organization and fine men that we have that represent the U.S. military. Absolutely. In the media, with the way they play things that have that have gone on over there, I can be honest, I hear these stories and I have friends who've come back and I say, what has gone on since I left that things are so bad? And, you know, they look at me and say, well, it's the same. We're going along, we're building roads here, we're building water treatment facilities here, we're doing this. It's all the same. All the projects are going. But all you hear is the terrible things that are going on, and then about the troops and how they're not, how they mistreat people. And, and I'll tell you, I was there for eight months. On one occasion, I was there when the war first started, and I never, not one time, ever saw any of that. So, you know, maybe it was rank, maybe I didn't have that opportunity. But I dealt with a lot of prisoners and a lot of tired, frustrating situations where Marines, I could understand why they would be angry and mistreat somebody, and it, it, not one time did I ever see it. You know, I'm struck by your father saying that you were five foot ten, but you always wanted to be six foot four, and I think your performance and the kind of physician you are makes you six foot four. It's really been a pleasure, and I want to thank you very much for being with us, Dr. Commander Richard Jaddick, who's been our guest, and we've been discussing medical care in Iraq, I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you very much for listening.